Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Boom Goddess Podcast Project with your hosts, myself, Dr. Andrea Goldmarks, Jennifer Davis Page, and Bibi Peters. This podcast aims to ignite inspiration in primetime women by creating a super learning community, a safe space for all women to contribute their voices and visions. For more information on this episode and to learn more, visit us at boomgoddessradio.com. Hi there, you're listening to the Boom Goddess Podcast with Jennifer Davis Page, B.B. Peters, and myself, Dr. Andrea Gould. And today we are talking about a fabulous, important topic that's a derivation of climate change. It actually involves the water crisis. And our guests are leaders in Native culture and are producing a a fabulous symposium slated for August 6th in Hayward, Wisconsin. And one of the founders of this entire project, actually the founder, is Mary Ellen Baker. She is a traditional elder grandmother. She's the president of the Abinuji Aki tribe close to Hayward, Wisconsin, and has been serving that role for the past 20 years. Our other guest is Kathy Haskin. She's a teacher of Native spirituality at Edgewood College. She and Mary Ellen have been working together on this symposium for over four years, and she serves on the committee uh, to market this important project. Women do not realize the power they have to change the world. And today we have two amazing guests on Mary Ellen Baker and Kathy Heskin. Ladies, thank you so much for joining us. It's delightful to be here. Thank you. Thank you. We would like very much to um, talk to you, of course, about your dream, the symposium that you are producing in August in Wisconsin. Marianne, we would like you to um, tell us, how did the idea of this symposium on women and water come to you? Okay, um, I live, I live in a, on a reservation called the Couturier in northern Wisconsin, and it's about 70 miles from Lake Superior, and, and, my, and I have a cultural healing center the story, the story started long time ago, and before I was here, before I built here, I, uh, my my grandmother. This was my grandmother's land, and 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 it was allotted to her back when they <clears throat> got made the reservation. So then, when she passed away, it went to my my dad and his three brothers and one sister and then when my father my father died then it was willed to went to me and my my brothers so when uh when I used to drive by here and watch this land nobody had an interest in it so I started asking my relatives and my brothers and aunts and uncles if if they were going to do anything with this land so 
eventually I bought all the airships out and I started building here. And before I did that, I had a dream. I had a dream that I was in a, walking this land and not too far. There was a sweat lodge, if people know what a sweat lodge is. It's a round dome, hut-like uh, dome, little made out of saplings and covered with blankets that you go into, and then there's a pit, and inside the pit there's, we, there's a fire on the outside, and they, they heat up rocks, and then they bring the rocks in, and they pour medicine over the rocks, and that that steam that's, that's inside with the door closed, it's dark in there, that steam, the medicine covers your body, and and uh, we pray, and and we we talk about things that are bothering us. Anyway, there was this sweat lodge, and there was a lot of Native American women around that sweat lodge in my dream. And these women were were singing. They were doing beadwork. They were crafting. They were the kids were playing. They were happy. Geez, they were happy and. And not too far from there, I was watching them, not too far from there, there was this lighted path. It was raised path, and it was just sparkly. And I stepped up onto that path, and I started walking that path, and it led me to this A-frame log house. So when I got to the A-frame log house, there was women there. They were uh, black women. Uh, African Americans. Um, there were uh, non-native women. There were uh, Caucasian women, and and then there was uh, the Oriental, and and they were by this A-frame log house, and they were crying, and they were looking at me, and they were. They were asking me for help, and uh, they were crying, and the kids were crying, and, and they seemed sad. And I looked at, I looked back towards the sweat lodge, and I saw these uh, native women, and they were laughing together, and, and they were not paying attention. So I turned again, and I looked at these these women that were that were sad, and I. I called out to the Native women, and I said, you women, I said, come help your sisters. And I woke up. So I built this A-frame house the way I saw it in my dream, and I built a sweat lodge the way it was in my dream. And I started helping, I started helping people, and I started bringing them to this place and doing medicines and doing traditional, traditional healing. In traditional healing, we do pipe ceremonies. We do uh, the Indian doctors. They come in and they do do traditional medicine and do traditional healings with songs, with uh, medicinal herbs, and so on and so forth. And so, I I, I did that for many years, and then uh, I had another dream, a follow-up dream that there was. I was on this hill, rolling hill, and there wasn't any, wasn't any trees, 
There wasn't any, just this rolling hill. And I don't believe I, I even saw any grass. But there was, I don't remember seeing any grass. And I don't remember seeing any trees or water or anything. And I was, they were, there were people, they were lined up from as far as you can see. There were this single line and they were lining up and I was standing in front of them. And I was saying something to them, but I don't remember what I was saying. And then I woke up from that dream. And then there was another dream about six years ago, five or six years ago, that I saw this building, and I've been looking for this building. And I thought it was the uh, Navy Pier in Chicago at first. And, and, and the message was to, to bring 5,000 women together, to gather 5,000 women, and to, and to educate them and to, to uh, heal them and to empower them with traditional teachings of the water and and uh, and this building was next to 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 water a big water and I thought it was Lake Michigan and uh, and and the message was to to bring the women together to heal them empower them so that they can talk up talk for clean water so they can take action for clean water so I woke up from that dream and and I thought about that dream for a long time, and uh, and with the teachings, with the teachings that that I received when I go to the Madewan Lodge, which is a Madewan Lodge is really an old, old ancient, old uh, way of life for us before before the non-Indians approached this land, and. Uh, and the great spirit through all the years has given the woman has given the woman the way to heal people he has given the pipe to the women he has given the the drum to the women and in when he gave the pipe to the women he told the woman gave it to the to the man to to help to heal heal themselves and to help heal heal the people same thing with the drum. So then the Great Spirit, because the Great Spirit gave, gave the women the power to bring life unto the world through childbirth. And inside the, inside the, the woman where the, where the baby is, is surrounded with water. And then the, the first, the first thing, the very first thing that the baby hears, the first sound that the baby hears is the heartbeat of the mother. And then the heartbeat of the mother is also the heartbeat of our nation, which is the drum that you hear in the powwows, the drums that you hear in the medicine lodges, the drum that you hear in the healing lodges, the drum that you hear here anywhere. It's that's the heartbeat of the of the nation, of the world, of life. And 
So that's the first sound that this child hears. And uh, and in the womb, when they're in the womb and circled in this water, it's a beautiful sound for them. And that's what they look for when they come, when they're when they're uh, born, when they come onto the onto the earth. And so, the Great Spirit gave the gave gave the women this this miraculous gift of bringing life unto the world, and of of having this child, this life that they were prepared to minister to to love and to cherish for the rest of for the rest of that child's life, and. And then if the Great Spirit, and I was thinking about my dream, if the Great Spirit loved and gave power to the woman so much as to have them bring life unto the world, wouldn't he also give them a way to continue life, a way to minister to life, a way to... To uh, prepare life, he loved the women so much that through the dream, he was telling the women, "If you only ask me, if you only ask me, I'll help you. I'll give you what you want." You know, and and that's that's what I believe in when things get tough, and I thought. That, when I woke up from this dream and I knew that what I was going to have to do, I thought, oh, this isn't going to be hard. This is going to be, this be, I worked in alcohol and drugs for, gosh, 30 years, 30 more, more years. And that's the hardest, the hardest thing I ever had to work in. There's denial. There's, oh, it's not going to happen to me or, or, uh, I don't need it. I can do it all by myself. Those kind of attitudes that you run into with the family as well as with the addicted one. But that's what I'm finding in the four and a half years that we've been that we've been uh, actively working in this, putting this symposium together. I find that the people are not are saying it's not going to happen to them. They don't have to pay attention. Water's going to be here forever. I'm going to, I'm going to, all I have to do is turn on the faucet. It'll be there. All I have to do is go swim in a lake or in a pool. It'll be there. And, and the way that it's getting, the way that it's getting, and I watch the, I watch all the storms and I watch the hurricanes and I watch the flooding and they say in our lodge that the water, the spirit of the water is most powerful. It's aligned with the spirit of the fire. And, and the spirit of the water is showing its, it's showing its power right now. And the way the, the lakes are diminishing. I went by a lake that was really full not too long ago. And I went by it on my way to ceremonies. I drove by it, and it was dry. Many of the lakes are drying up, even though it's raining, even though 
the snows are melting, even though things like that are happening, even though it's flooding. The floods that are happening isn't bringing clean water. No, you can't. You can't drink that. You can't even bathe in it. You know. So, and then I look at the trees when I go places. I look at the trees and the bark. The bark on some trees, there isn't even any bark. It's all dried and peeled away. And I went down to Australia one time. Shortly after I had this dream, I went down to Australia. And I walked by this garden, this arboretum, and and this they had a cliff, and it was right by the bay. And uh, it was maybe 100 feet from the bay, something like that. And on top of this cliff, there was a tree, tree growing out of the... They said, I've seen trees grow out of rock with just a little bit of water. And this tree was growing out of a rock. And halfway down the cliff was this root, the root from this tree. And it was sticking right straight out, and it was going towards the water. It was sticking right straight out in midair <laughs> and going towards the water, pointing towards the water. And and I thought, wow. He knows where to go, you know. And uh, that's that's that was that was a wonderful. You painted a beautiful picture, and our listeners will really be able to understand um, how the idea came to you. Um, how how did your reservation come into water crisis? Wow. Just like in any other place, uh, the lakes are drying up. Uh, we had, a long time ago, we had a, there was a village, I think you want me to talk about this, the village that was that was uh, flooded out by uh, uh, the Lake Superior Power Company, which is named differently now. In 1921, they approached our tribe and they wanted to lease this, lease this part of the land and the part of the the river that was going through our land, and they wanted to lease that. And we said no, and they went over our heads and they went to the government and they got it anyway, and they leased it for a dollar a year, and and they were going to build a dam to for electricity down down the road a piece, and the they the towns, the villages and the towns down there wanted electricity, so that was part of the progress. So in the midst of midst of building this dam, they held back the water so much that it flooded out a portion of our reservation, which was wild rice. Uh, there was a church there. There was burial grounds. There was, uh, there was wood log houses and wigwams. We lived in wigwams for a long time, too. That was our first home. And 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 then they flooded all of that area, and they had to move the people to higher ground. And they said that they would build them different homes, good homes. Well, they built 
tarp paper shacks. I worked with some of the people that were still living in tar paper shacks in 1990, 1971, 1969. But anyway, they flooded out that whole area, and it's it's what they call the uh, the flowage, the Chippewa flowage. That's what they call the Chippewa flowage now, and that's a great big body of water, and there's bogs in there. Uh, tourists come up, they see this beautiful flowage, and they go fishing, and, and there's there's a place on the flowage where they have sightseeing, and they talk about our our village that was flooded, and they do the tours over there, and you you go on these boats, pontoon boats, and boats and you bypass what was our village and you can see still see that church steeple down under the water and then there were bodies there were bodies floating up out of the out of the out of the water going down the stream and then there was uh, the wild rice beds were flooded we didn't we lost a lot of wild rice which we're noted for Mary Ellen, what is the what is the name of your tribe? Lakutare. Lakutare means the lake of the sh- the big ears or long ears or short ears, and it's because we because we uh, used to uh, farm not farm but we used to grow corn, and we had these ears of corn that the French saw saw us. Uh, harvesting, and, and that's why they named us that. <laughs> but, but the Ojibwe name, the Ojibwe, Ojibwe name is is uh, is Odawa Zaga Igening, which which is uh, which is our land of the Odawa. Kathy, yes. What is your greatest hope for this symposium? Well, first of all, I have to say that. Uh, Mary Ellen shared that dream four or five years ago. She shared her other dreams with me over the years, but four or five years ago she told me what she had dreamed and what she was thinking of doing. And and we did go around uh, trying to find a place in Chicago. And I don't know when we realized, but coming home to La Couture was the right thing to do. And bringing the people here to learn... Um, the Anishinaabe way to learn the role of women in the care of of the water um, that that just is right it felt right um, one of the things that Mary Ellen mentioned was people in denial and not not thinking this is a problem and I find that almost everywhere I try to share what we're trying to do um, and I, I don't understand it because you, you can't turn on the news without hearing some other crisis in water. And I've been working in environmental issues for a long, long time. I teach at Edgewood College. Uh, I taught at Dominican University before I retired. And I teach Native ways when I teach. Um, and try very hard to, to um, explain, share, uh, teach students, help them to learn um, how how 
what a crisis point we are at in the world. Um, and so my dream is that more people, more women in particular, since the care of the water belongs to us, is charged with doing that, um, learn about this and become uh, active, really s- seriously active in um, uh, protecting the earth, protecting the waters. You, you can live 30, 30 days without food. You can only live four days without water. And we have a, a, a problem with lots and lots of things. If you go on to the website, which I'm, I think you put on your, your own website, uh, spiritofthewater.org, there's a wonderful little video that explains um, the crisis with bottled water and how the big corporations and um, other groups are buying up water, buying aquifers, and then selling it back to the people. We have to stop it. Um, uh, one of the things at, at Le Couture is the Enbridge Pipeline, which runs right past the, the tribe but of the reservation, but also goes through 14 waterways in, in Wisconsin. Now, Enbridge has had 900 spills. They're going to have another one. It's not if, it's when. And I don't want it to be a body of water that kills my children, my grandchildren. And um, one of the things I love best about our Native way is that we don't make a decision for tomorrow or our pockets or the market. We make decisions for the seventh generation of people. And when we are, are working for water, we're working not just for ourselves, but for our grandchildren's grandchildren. And so I want more and more people to be aware of how urgent it is, how important it is, and uh, I want them to come and learn. Um, the the ways that I have learned... Kathy, can yeah. you say a little bit about how the structure of the symposium that's planned on the reservation from August 6th or 7th through the 11th, can you explain a little bit how you are choosing to structure that symposium for that very reason, for the learning of the culture, of um, what the Native people have to contribute, particularly the women? Well, I I have to say that Mary Ellen would be a better person to talk about the planning of the structure, but um, one of the things that is um, so uh, important, I think, is the first couple of days will be devoted to um, learning... um, the Anishinaabe way. The speakers will talk about uh, the beauty of Mother Earth. Water is the lifeblood of the Earth, and so that will be one of the conversations that we will hold. Um, it's a very uh, measured and, and well-planned structure. Um, there are speakers from all over, from, from, uh, um, from Winnipeg to New Zealand to places all over the world where water is already a crisis, and um, we need to come together to share both our concerns and our wisdom on these things. So that's the beginning will be to help um, introduce women to the Anishinaabe way. And then there will be um, wonderful conversations about a foundation for living and caring for the earth. Um, I don't think we... uh, understand fully 
at least I don't, I'm learning uh, how the power of water and the power of the medicines, so we'll hear more about that. Um, and then there'll be music, because the, the song is a healer, song is a, a carrier of culture, and so we will, we will sing together, we will dance together. Um, Socrates once said, if you would control a nation, give me the songwriters. Uh, I think he was right. The power of music has, has changed and um, altered culture over the centuries. And so that'll be something we'll do together. Um, and then the, the final part of it is um, women can change the world. Um, there's a, a wonderful play, a Greek, Greek uh, comedy, Lysistrata, where the women um, uh, don't want the men to keep going to war, so they decide they won't, they won't make love to the men until they stop warring. And it's a, it's a great play. And, they wor- and it worked. <laughs> the men finally listened to the women. And so I think when we, on the last day or so uh, of, the, of, the ex- of the experience, um, we will make a. We will get together. We have a, a person, Janet um, McGillivray, who will lead us in creating a positive action action statement for clean water, and it can be taken to any organization, any state, any local government, any political body uh, that that has um, any input into clean water laws, without our realizing it. Uh, legislative bodies are passing laws all the time that that impact our lives because they they pollute the water. They are here in Wisconsin. Our governor has made uh, concessions, uh, even through the the DNR, the Department of Natural Resources, who is very much um, not protecting the water right now, um, and we need to be able to combat that. But you can't do that singly. You can't do that as a small group. You can't even do it as a tribe. You have to do it as women united all over, uh, bringing together their concerns and their wisdom. Thank you, Kathy. It's Bibi. And um, we are immersed in the stories that both in you and Mary Ellen are sharing with us. And we want to talk to you for the next three or five hours, but I know we'll be winding it down. <laughs> but we still have a couple of questions. Okay. Um, and one of them is, uh, can you chat a little bit about the role that women play historically in Native American culture, and particularly the grandmother uh, role? Uh, how has that been present in both of your lives? Um, I am a grandmother. I have seven grandchildren. But I, I um, also have lots of grandnieces and nephews, all of whom are, are my children. Um, one of the things I have learned, I was not raised on a reservation, and so I come to this wisdom a little late. Um, but one of the things I have learned is the importance of grandparenting in the life of children, and um, that has become part of my life. One of the ways that grandparents teach is through story, and grandmothers in particular tell the stories of the medicines, tell the stories of the waters, uh, teach their grandchildren how to care for the earth. Um, there are many, many stories of grandparents uh, walking with their children, and my experience of Native children all over this country, because I, I take students 
um, all over the country to to learn and to to share with uh, the peoples um, in Wisconsin, South Dakota, Montana. And um, one of the the uh, significant things I noticed is the reverence that children have for the elders and their willingness to listen uh, and their attention span listening to the stories. Very different from uh, children who are raised in cities, perhaps, or or um, in our culture. Um, the the grandmothers uh, teach how to live, how to grow. And so I have uh, been using some of the stories with my grandchildren, teaching them about the earth, teaching them about the water. And when I do it, they, they love it. Um, and willingness of children to listen to stories, I think, is the greatest gift uh, that grandparents can, can um, stories then are the greatest gift that grandparents to give to your, their children. Um, it's an important role, and it's a respected role in the Native culture. And so that that is something I am uh, enjoying now. I love that you use, this is uh, Andrea, I love that you use the word reverence. And there is a built-in reverence for the wisdom in Native cultures. Mm-hmm. And it is the um, older women who carry that wisdom and are able to make it alive for the children. And I was just envisioning if there were a number of storybooks that were going to be available at the symposium so that the women who attend could take them home and read them to their grandchildren if they themselves were not raised in Native culture. That's a very good idea. Mary Ellen and I will talk about that when we get off the phone. Um, One of the things that I wanted to talk about with reverence is that um, the children on on, um, the Blackfeet Reservation taught me reverence for the earth about 17 or 18 years ago. Um, We were doing an experiment. We were working with the University of Montana, Bozeman, and they had brought all kinds of scientific equipment up to the reservation. My students were, were playing and working with the students from the school there, and um, we were doing an experiment on on microinvertebrates, and so we got the water from the the ponds on this reservation, and we were measuring and counting and, you know, all the things that you do scientifically, and when the experiment was over, our students started to dump the water, and the children from the Blackfeet Reservation said, stop, you cannot do that. And they took the the bins of water down to the ponds and very gently poured them back in and said a prayer in Blackfeet, thanking invertebrates for allowing us to study them, thanking them for giving us the wisdom that we were looking for. And I have never been the same. I have never understood water and the earth and all the living creatures, including the stones and the rocks, including the trees and all, differently since that moment. It was a life changer for me. So, yes, grandparents teach, but I have to say children have taught me more than than I've ever taught my children. Can you tell our listeners how much it is to attend your uh, symposium? $250 includes the cost of the conference, uh, one meal a day, uh, two feasts, and all of the the lectures and such, there's camping space for people for that fee. Um, uh, pretty much anything you would need uh, will be taken care of 
uh, on the grounds, the powwow grounds where this is held. So um, um, that $250 is um, uh, a bargain, I think. For those attending that don't want to camp out, are there hotels and motels available in the immediate area for attendees? Yes, uh-huh. We have a um, we have a uh, them listed on the on the spirit of the water site dot org, and so there's a little list of places you can stay, and also campgrounds do in the area. Want to pull up your camping? Are there provisions for children as well? No, there isn't. Um, we we didn't work on that, and uh, we're having a youth conference. In a couple of years, so we we went. We're strictly we're strictly looking at the woman mm-hmm. and providing for her needs. And if there's if she has children, we feel that she won't be paying attention to herself. If that makes any sense, it makes a, a our, great our a great deal of is, sense. Our goal is to empower her, and this is her time to to receive the help and the healing that she, she wants and needs. There was something very impressive in your website about how, since many of the women who will be attending are women who work really hard for this cause and who are caregivers and healers. And I was very impressed that you were offering services for those women, healing services for those women. That was a lovely um, idea. Right. And uh, we want to refill their cup, so to speak, and to rejuvenate them so that they can go back out there and work harder, work just as hard. A lot of us, we get... There's so much negativity that we get we get overwhelmed with it sometime and we we're working so hard that we don't even take time to take care of ourselves. So we wanna we wanna take care of them and and help them to continue on and not to give up and not to get tired and not to get overwhelmed. So um and also we're doing um we're doing a special ceremony for for people that have lost loved ones through cancer or anything to do with the environment, environment that uh, that created a loss in the family, and we're doing a special ceremony for 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 them that uh, helped them through their grieving and helped them through their their loss issues. So, so we have that. We're going to do that too. We're going to recognize. We're going to recognize them and recognize their loved ones during that time. Will you and, be having uh, an elders conference as well, Mary Ellen and Kathy? The next one we're we're looking at is for men, then youth, then elders. So the year nine two thousand nineteen would be elders for elders. And and can you just talk a little bit about um, the session that's going to be pulled together by the attorney, um, just in terms of 
women who can't uh, attend this conference but would like very much to be able to follow up and hopefully um, our listeners, um, many of them who might not be able to attend, might want some instruction about what they can do to um, carry the mission forward. How might that become possible? What do you think about that, Kathy? Well, it seems to me that if they were to go on the website, there would be an opportunity for them to express that, to say, we cannot come, but we're really interested in supporting the cause because we're all going to sign uh, the document or the the, um, statement that we're going to create, and then it will be sent out. So anybody who would send us an email and name an email uh, or a name and address if they don't have email, uh, we would be happy to send it. We would be happy to share it with anyone and everyone who cares about the water, who cares about the future, and and uh, and wants to be part of the, the conversation. Does that sound right, Marianne? Yeah, we have that contact form that's already on on our website, and I get a lot of uh, comments and and emails and questions through there. So. They could contact us. We'd, we'd probably put that online after the conference is over with. Absolutely. If anyone wants to contact We think that's, that's a wonderful oh. idea, and it's a way that we can pick up a piece of your mission and share it around with the women who are in our world. So thank you for that. We have plans, too, about uh, recording, recording and streaming. Is that what they call it? Streaming? streaming these sessions so that later on when if anyone wants a particular session they can they can uh, get it online it's nice that's a great idea to hear a particular message about water I have, I have to tell it, you that at the beginning of all this Mary Ellen was not a techie but in the last year she has become very very proficient and I'm impressed I've always <laughs> I'm always amazed at what she has learned this week because we we are in we are in constant contact over the over the whole course of this and each time I talk to her she's got some new technological thing going and it's it's a riot. It's just that uh, like that old adage necessity is the mother and the grandmother of invention <laughs> and we certainly Yeah, you're never too old to learn, right? No, 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 you're not. <laughs> that's part of our mission here at Boom Goddess Radio. That's right. Um, that's part of our mission. That's right. Thank you so much for being with us. And um, thanks to Mother Technology for being able to uh, find a way to connect all of us so that we can have this conversation and we can spread it. Can you tell us what your website is? Where can people fi- find you? www.spiritofthewater.org spiritofthewater.org that's for me the easiest one to remember perfect yeah. thank you and even oh. if you can't come even if that's not in your in your realm of possibility there is a wonderful short video on uh, that Mary Ellen has produced and it it is it really speaks to our mission and it's only about seven minutes so it's not terrible to listen to and um, you would learn and be able to share that that video if you'd like we did see it and it's really wonderfully done I wanted to tell you that and I'm sure that people that go to your website will they'll get uh, uh, 
the, the a lot of information from it, and, and as I said, it's really beautifully done. And if the and if you and if the people can't come, if the women can't come, you know, we accept donations that'll help us too. You know, it doesn't have to be a lot, but it, as long as I've heard people say, I can't come, but I can help, I can donate, I can volunteer, I can do things that way to help with the things that are going on. And they Sometimes, can donate through your website, is that correct? Right, right. Yes, there's a yes. big Donate Now button. So we're going to be making sure that we have that up on our website as well as on our Facebook page. Thank you. Thank you for thinking about us. And thank, thank you, you for, for doing all this. Thank you for sharing this wonderful story with, with, with our listeners. And we appreciate all that you're doing, both of you. We really do appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining the goddesses today. Thank you. The Boom Goddess is here with Jennifer Davis Page, B.B. Peters, and myself, Dr. Andrea. And we have just had an amazing conversation with Mary Ellen Baker and Kathy Heskin about their upcoming symposium called Women and Water uh, that's happening in Wisconsin in a month or two. And it seemed to me from our discussion that really this was more than just about water. It uh, talked about in the components that they are going to present during the symposium in August, they'll be covering all the uh, healing powers and all the experiences relative to women and our role in the world and how we can come uh, together and particularly uh, at a certain age to make a difference when caring for our planet. I love their discussion about women as caregivers and guardians of the earth, life givers. And it's beautiful the way they've structured the conference. Everything that's happening in this conference, which ultimately ends in activism around protecting clean water, everything is grounded in culture. Uh, and in the native culture, which really has respect for the earth insofar as the food we eat, the way we prepare it, the way we serve it, the way we take care of disposing of waste, all of these, um, all of these basic principles of earth care are being factored in in this conference in a sequence that that leads to activism as it makes sense as an outgrowth of how we take care of the earth. It's really so beautifully executed. They have been, Mary Ellen and her team, have been working on this symposium for four years. So it's not just something that they've decided to do and they, and, and it took them just a few months to put it together. This, there's a lot of re, uh, detailed research information that's there and the People that come, I believe, will really get a lot out of it. Um, I think the women that are, are, I've talked to a lot of the um, team members, and they're all very passionate about this. And hopefully they will have symposiums all over the country. 
and bring the awareness to to uh, people all over the United States. Well, this is what we want to do. We want to bring this particular symposium that focuses on clean water to the awareness of all of our listeners because it's really the increase of awareness that's going to make any difference at all in terms of activism. I think it's wonderful that they are um, having a uh, New York lawyer um, do some tutoring and teaching about how to take even the smallest steps in terms of this water crisis, which is obviously a global crisis. And it's our job to share this so that we can inspire more women to action. Yes, and I think the mobilizing effort that they are putting in that they are putting into place is really quite astounding. So let's review the details of it. So it's the Women in Water Symposium. It'll be held August 7th through the 11th near Hayward, Wisconsin. You can get more information by going to spiritofthewater.org. The price to attend the symposium is if you purchase it before July the 15th is $250 and after that date it will be $325. Please go to the website and look at the beautiful video that Mary Ellen Baker has produced. It really, in just a few minutes, really says it all. Thank you for tuning in today. This is Dr. Andrea, Jennifer, and Bibi, your boom goddesses, signing off. Each voice of wisdom shares ripples out into our universe and inspires so many others. Namaste. For technical reasons, portions of this program have been pre-recorded.